Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, everybody. I want to welcome you to the Yellow Ball Network and a special give a special thanks to J.P. Weber. Weber, um, this is the Coach's Corner. We're on every Sunday at 7 p.m. Folks, what I would like to do each week, I'd like to find a way to give back to tennis so I can inspire young people, mentor young people to be great at being who they are, find solutions to help this game thrive and honor the game where our young people understand what they need to do to give back and help set this in motion. Today we've got a special guest with us, uh, Coach Chuck Creasy, who is probably the best tennis mind that I've ever been around. Definitely one of the best coaches. Um, I've been studying coaches since I was a young boy, and and he is as good a coach as I've ever seen. Um, and we're going to talk today a little bit about college tennis, and I just just uh, talk about what's going on with college and what we can do to kind of help college really start uh, attracting young players again to to want to play the game and 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 get college tennis to to help young men well into the pros where there's excellence, but also help them to or inspire them really to to want to be great in this sport. So Coach Creasy here, um, you know, I know you, you've been coaching now for 43 years, Coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, and I, I, I don't, you know, it, 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 we only talking about tennis here or are we talking about all the sports? Yeah, I've, I've been in the game a long time. And my golly, it's been my 41st year in college tennis. 41 years in college tennis. I'm just so glad that I've been able to do it this long with 47 years in tennis. And then also, you know, I had, does that um, Church League basketball they all team <laughs> that I coached back when, does that one count too? So that's it. As, <laughs> as we'll talk about today, I think all those experiences are going to be really what has helped you become the Hall of Fame coach that you've become and, and help you inspire, coach, and and do all the things that you have to do to help young men and help young women get to the top of what they're trying to do, which is, is something that we've been talking about for a long time, but um, seems to be part of the game that's missing. And, and uh, you know, I know we just finished national championship with the NCAAs, so you know, we're going to talk a little bit about college tennis today and, and what can get college tennis back on track. I know a lot of people think, well, hey, you know, this is exciting, or, or but really the numbers don't lie. And, and, and a lot of things that are going on with college tennis is that Americans, the participation is down. There's less Americans that are playing college tennis. We're cutting programs. Um, 
you know, in in the overall numbers for participation is down. So, uh, you know, college tennis is is definitely one of the catalysts that has helped tennis in the United States over the years grow the game. So, Coach, what what do you think we could do, or what do you think's missing right now with college tennis, where you know, it's it's holding it back, or do you think we're on the right track? I know a lot of these people, um, I say people, a lot of these organizations that have changed a lot of the rules believe that college tennis is on the right track. We need to shorten formats, and we need to... Well, they're trying to market it. We're trying to market it where more people are watching, but it seems like less are inspired to want to start up the game. So... I mean, are we on the right track right now with the shortened formats? I mean, is this something that's going to help tennis, or is it going to hurt tennis? I mean, what? How do you see the the, the rule changes, or what has really happened over the last twenty years? Is that is that helped? What's going to happen, or what do we need to do to change that? Well, coach, first of all, congratulations on your your program. I think this is a much needed program, and uh, for everybody out there, I think. Coach Blumendahl will allow you to call in probably each week and ask your own questions or be able to email him in and and ask questions. He'll be addressing so many things. But I think this first program that you're having, Coach, on college tennis is is a very, very much a needed one because college tennis is the bedrock platform, cornerstone, center stone, whatever – it is the driver of tennis in the United States, right? It, well, it always has been because as kids grow up in the United States, they're thinking, I want to play college tennis. As kids grow up in the United States and want to play pro tennis, they have usually in the past said, you know what? If I get a great high school or junior career and then I make a jump through and I can go into college and I can do well there, I can have a professional career. It has always been the stepping stone. I don't believe it is right now, and it would take me probably two or three hours to explain all that has happened in the last 41 years since I've been in coaching, but 41 years I've seen a lot, and it it absolutely has diminished as the stepping stone from junior tennis or high school tennis into the professional ranks. And I don't want to go there right now. I want to go to what your initial question was, and that is what has happened and why it's happened. But you said one necessary critical word there is that inspire, inspire. And and what has happened is I believe that we are not inspiring young people to play tennis. And there's many, many reasons. Look, I think it's been probably two or three years ago I had a conversation with you at a camp we were doing, and and you said, you know, coach, coach, many years ago one of my tennis coaches out in Oklahoma said something, look, the game is great. The game will survive. The game has been around 140 years. It will survive, and it is bigger. I think you you brought it to, to – you basically said the game is bigger than any of us. And we start with all of our young players in our camps and our seminars by saying, if you honor the game, it will honor you. If you try to use it for your own purposes, if you chase success over mastery, and if you don't honor the game, it will not honor you. The game is bigger. Now, 
Where I think that we are getting off track is that we are what, – what, what's happening is we, we have lost that understanding that this game is bigger than all of us. And, and I could go in, into the professional ranks, the college ranks, the junior ranks, but our, I think where we have missed a boat is that we have, we have promoted and elevated our stars in the sport <clears throat> instead of the sport itself. So stay with me here. In a sport like golf, I believe golf, they honor golf and more than they do the stars. Sure, they have their stars, but you remember when Tiger Woods, he's had his, his layoff. Well, the game still thrived without Tiger Woods. It didn't just need to have, you know, one hero out there. It's got multiple heroes. And the, the game of golf is thriving it is thriving. I think baseball is very good. There are stars out there, but the game is not bigger. Now, I, I don't want to go into too many sports, but I think NBA is missing the boat. I believe the NBA, they promote the stars more than they do the dog-end game of basketball. And that's always a dead-end street. So what we've done is we allowed our stars to be promoted when we put the marketeers in there. First of all, we treated them like rock stars and heroes and everything. And you know, some of that's okay. We, we need some good, uh, some good heroes in our sport and some good role models. We've always had those. But if you look at the old champions, the Rod Labors, the Ken Rosewalls, the Stan Smiths, the Arthur Ashes, and on and on and on, what you will find is that every one of them, the commonality is they honor the game. Now, today we have Roger Federer and Nadal. They honor the game. I mean, I, we, we'll go there and sing that they honor the game, but there are many situations where players just don't get it starting in the junior ranks, whether it's you know, whether the parents are putting so much pressure on the kids, into the college ranks and the professional ranks where they think it's the me show. It would be the Coach Randy show or the Coach Chuck show, and it's not. It's not. So that doesn't inspire. Coach Blumenthal, that doesn't inspire anyone. That doesn't inspire. Our game is going to survive. Our game's going to be great. But we need to be inspired. As a child growing up, I was inspired to play tennis. I know you were too. I know the people who are in it were inspired to play tennis. It wasn't just, oh, boy, this is a ticket to go to college or something like that. I was inspired to carry my racket and, 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 and to know that I had something that was special, like a violin in an orchestra or something like that. And, and, and I think we're missing that. So I just wanted to start out to say the game is bigger than all of us. And if we're going to talk about college tennis, I think we're trying to market it. We're trying to market junior tennis. We've marketed this 10 and under stuff. And we're trying to come up with all these gimmicks to market it. But it's missing that one commonality. If it doesn't inspire the masses, and again, I'd always bring this up, but Tim Wilkerson, the great Tim Wilkerson, said on the We Coach Tennis program by J.P. Weber about two years ago, he said, kids play for rivalries and tournaments of heritage. The USTA, the, the ITA, the ITF, their first job should be to protect the history and the heritage of the game, and, that, and that, that's it. So I don't know if that's more than you what you wanted right oh, now. Oh, sorry to interrupt. So it oh. sounds like and you tell me if this is correct. It sounds like there's two separate things going on here, and maybe 
in college tennis, we focused more on something that's not going to grow the game instead of growing, or, or, instead of focusing on something that, that really is going to create or, or dig in with roots and really grow the game from the ground up. So, so marketing the game could be important, but should it be the focal point? It sounds like that's an Let's issue. Inspire. So we're looking, at, we're looking at kids, coach, are we looking at people in the stands? Is, is that why we're no, doing no, no. it? Is coach, that coach. going to change the game? Or is it about development and education so we can inspire a generation where we can keep growing the game and, and then okay. let the market. Could I jump in right away and say I have always hated that let's grow the game. Yep. Like it's some stunted plant out there in the middle of a field that is not going to let's go grow. No, let's inspire the people. Okay, let's inspire the kids. Let's inspire tennis Let's inspire tennis players, not people to play. Let's inspire tennis players, not just somebody to play tennis, but let's inspire. Well, well for the parents out there, you know, you know we, we have children. You've got children. I've got children. Inspiring kids to play tennis. Can you, can you kind of tell me what that might look like? I mean, because I, I talk to the players all the time. And one thing that, that I have noticed is that the college players don't like the no-ad scoring. They don't like the oh, short so format no, no more than Federer does. or any, Because you know in sport, the longer the contest goes, the more likely the better player comes out the victory. And then if you take that away, the reason the word inspire is important here, you take that away, you take away – working to get better and if you take away the work then immediately the skill starts coming out of the game and it just doesn't look the same anymore and it's not very fun to watch after that so I think it, it starts working against itself so uh, my question for you is is all right if that's the case what what do parents need to know that's really going to change this up because I know they all would like especially the ones that say, oh, boy, Dad, I want to win Wimbledon one day. Well, what is going to inspire them to do that? Well, first of all, all kids are going to say, I want to grow up to be an astronaut. You know, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a brain surgeon. I want to be a policeman. I want to win Wimbledon. I mean, it sounds good that kids say that. But really, come on, think about it. You, 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 it's not gimmicks. It's not. Kids are inspired to do so many things, but we've got to look for the commonalities of why they're inspired. And the, the, the loaded language term I have always used, and I credit Bob, the great Bob Spillman, Coach Bob Spillman in Memphis, Tennessee. Many, many years ago, he told me, Chuck, just always remember that easy to pick up is easy to put down. Hard to pick up is hard to put down. We will not inspire our kids with easy things. Uh, I brought up one time on my radio show back, oh, golly, about two years ago there was a lady in I think it was the Bronx or Brooklyn who had a, a, a she was teaching at a school that was just in bad trouble. And, uh, you know, it was a public school. It was, it was just in and she started chess programs up there. Think about it, chess in an inner city program. 
Can you think of anything less appealing than chess in an inner-city program? Well, she got it started in the first year. You know, people, when she first did, people laughed at it. Then they got a few people playing, a few more people playing, a few more people. She has a whole horde of people playing now, and they have chess clubs, and they have chess classes, and they have all these kids playing chess. And it's the same thing with that movie. That, uh, there was a movie out there Meryl Streep was in about the music, uh, the music of the heart, I think it was called. And it was the same thing in an inner-city program. She introduced these symphony orchestras and something very, very hard, and the kids gravitated towards it. The problem is that every time, every time somebody comes up with a rival sport like this silly, I, I'm sorry out there if you do this, but if you play pickleball, I mean, come on, we're afraid of pickleball. But the USTA, they're going to put together something, oh, my gosh, we're losing our players to pickleball. It can't even hold a candle to the sport of tennis. We have to not, we have to make a decision to, number one, protect the history and the heritage of our game. USTA, ITA, ITF, your first responsibility is to protect the history and the heritage of the game. It is not to market like some you know, daggone uh, Hollywood Boulevard marketing firm, don't try to market it with the cheap stuff that, that doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't touch people's hearts. So, so with the parents, just to answer your question, Coach, real quick, on the parents, you don't, don't stand for your kids playing these abbreviated scoring formats. You're dumbing the sport down. They're dumbing the sport down. It's not going to matter to kids that they have random scoring systems. And if you'll go to my pro my programs, I have spelled out what has happened and why they're happening. But these guys who are doing this know not what they do. And and, and they're messing up the daggone game, coach. So so if I if I hear this right, so you, the the history of the game why that's important is is a vision with the with the young players. It inspires not only the young players, it inspires the older players, it inspires the, the retired players. They need to see some sort of role model and and players that are currently player need to understand that the game is much bigger than themselves because that is the very thing that made it all great. The Grand Slams are great because of a, 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 a simple reason that it's very, very, very difficult to win a Grand Slam. Only the best of the best win it, and therefore it inspires. And so you're saying if it's easy, it's not going to inspire the young people. Well, I mean, can you, it invalidates. It, it will invalidate the championship. Could you imagine if you're watching the French Open now and how hard it is? This kid, uh, TM? No, it's not TM. It's the other kid. Zarev, what, what's Zarev? Zarev, or Zverev. Zverev, okay. Yeah. This is sorry. German. Yeah. Zarev, this German guy, he survived. If he survives today in round of 16, it'll be three five-set matches. Can you imagine if he goes on to win the French Open, what it means? It is the greatest achievement in sport, maybe. It'd be similar to a marathon or Olympics or something that's great. But if we do no added scoring 
for example, or two out of three sets at our Grand Slams, it cheapens it. It cheapens it. He will be held in esteem with a Borg, with a Nadal, with, 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 a, with a Dagon, Rod Laver, Ken Rosewall, and these people with the, with the Don Bunches, with the Margaret Courts, with the, with the greatest players, Althea Gibbs, all the greatest players of all time. But do you, don't you see how cheapens it? How much did it cheapen baseball when those guys start breaking the home run things, home run uh, with, with, uh, when they were using steroids? How bad? How bad was that? I remember Ken Griffey Jr. was such a hitter, one of the greatest hitters of all time. He got messed over so badly because – and these guys came in and they, they got a hokey, hokey pocus show, hocus pocus show. Well, when you do no ad and say you've won a national championship with no ad scoring, we need an asterisk or something because it's a hocus pocus show. It's, it's way more than a wind-dated 100-yard dash. I mean, we do an asterisk for that. So, Coach, these guys, it's horrible that these guys are trying to – they're messing up our game. And, no, uh, no, nah, nah, it doesn't inspire. That's the biggest thing. So what? So so scoring formats going to matter? Is there is there any other thing that we can do in college tennis that will? So if we can lengthen the scoring format, the the, the school of thought is with the the people that are marketing is nobody wants to sit in the stands for that has five, nothing six, to do with it. Sorry for jumping. That has nothing to do with it. Nothing. It was done for randomness. Some of the teams that pushed it through from the northeast. And I'm not going to name the teams, but most of those guys who were on the committee were Northeast teams that had not won a lot, a lot of talent, but, so you're, they, didn't, but they didn't do the work. When you abbreviate the scoring, you have randomness. and has nothing to do with making the thing more concise and short. But go, go ahead. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay. No, that, uh, you're, so your point is that that would be – sort of like Roger Federer saying, let's play two out of three 10-point tiebreakers next year for Wimbledon and see what happens. He's not going to do that. He's not going to abbreviate that scoring because he wants the best player to come through. And and really, that's what's going to inspire the work ethic. That's what's going to inspire the young people to continue to strive for their goals and go after their goals, chase after excellence. So, so – what do we scoring formats part of it? Is there more than the scoring format that's that's kind the of whole changed, of, yeah. Well, well, a, a, a very simple thing. I addressed this on uh, uh, Coach John Denise's program on Thursdays that he had about two weeks ago. I said that about look, there's two different things. There's the team format and there's the scoring of our of our game of tennis. The scoring itself, the team format. I don't care what you do if you want to do a team format. It doesn't matter. The integrity of the game is being destroyed if you continue to do this no ad. For example, in football, what would it be like in football if you let somebody have nine points for a throwing touchdown, six points for a running touchdown, three points for a field goal? That would change it, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that change the whole dynamic? Yeah. That right away there would be a whole group of players – a whole group of teams that could not compete. When you do no ad scoring and when you abbreviate it, right away you are ruling out the, the players who are smaller, 
who have to give body punches, you're ruling out all the TKOs. So you're going to, first of all, you're going to, a, a small person is going to say, forget it, I can't be good at tennis. Pretty much what basketball has done, there's, forget it, if you don't have a certain height, right, you, you're not going to be good at basketball. And, and that's probably not the best example, but you understand what I'm saying. All the small people are going to be at a big disadvantage. <laughs> I don't want to say discriminatory towards small people, but it pretty much is going to be if they start with do it, they do the no ad. So he does. But, Absolutely. But, but does. tournament tennis, let me say this. I think that one of the things that we could do in college right away, and I think this was your idea about four or five years ago, if we're going to do a team format, we ought to do it in the fall and, and be done, do some type of, I think Texas high schools have the best system out there. They do a team format in the fall. They're done by Thanksgiving. Then the rest of the year, they do a tournament format. The kids springboard into the summer. They're hungry to play. They advance the ball. I think the fall in college, you could, you could piggyback football game weekends. You could do matches on Friday and Sundays. And you want to do the dual matches, I don't care what format you use, you need to protect the integrity of the real scoring system. Then what you do, Coach, is that you could play tournaments starting December, January, play the clay courts somewhere in a warm climate, then do the indoors somewhere in an indoor complex, then do the All-American tournament in an outdoor complex in March or April. And then you have the NCAA. That's four Grand Slam college events. You could build a format around that. You could build satellite tournaments around that. Players could play a dual match format in the fall and then individuals in the spring. And let me finish by saying this. Athletic directors would love it. They would have two sports for the price of one. Like track and field, they have indoor, outdoor, and cross country right now using the same athletes. They would love it. Players would love it. They'd get ready. They'd have a short team season. Then they'd be working on their games all spring. Lastly, the thing I'd like to say is this. Tournament tennis successes grow your skill set and confidence exponentially. The player grows exponentially. Each round in tournament tennis, you separate yourself from half of the final players in there. Okay, you can, but you only fall arithmetically. You grow geometrically, you fall arithmetically. Every time you lose, you might lose five first rounds. Look at Tennis Sangren, all of the struggling he did, and then boom, he, he, at the Australian Open, he finally broke through, and now he's, he's up there. And, and this happens, this is the, the format of the – tennis is an individual sport where we have – Team opportunities. Now, let, hear me. Team is a good thing for beginners, and it's a good thing for leagues, and it's a good thing for socializing. If you're going to use it, remember this point, that success, you will only go arithmetically. If you're a number five player and go 15-0, and 0, you're still a crummy player, according to most people. All right? And, and the point is you only grow arithmetically. When you fall, you fall geometrically. So my answer to that would be that, you know, I, I think that's what, what you have to look at is, is those kind of things. And we're not doing that. We're, we are doing the very worst thing possible to promote and inspire our game. The very worst thing we could do is to destroy 
the 145-year fabric of the scoring system because we've got a few people that came up with this harebrained idea. It's the Bullwinkle system. It's the Hokey Pokey show. It's abbreviated tennis. It's not real tennis. It's fake tennis. Also, you know, to elaborate with that, also um, something that came to mind, and you tell me your thoughts on this, is is in tennis it takes, in all skill sports, it takes a lot of repetition. And that's, that is what's going – and that's going to be a, a thought for another another day with uh, another program. Um, but we need to talk about how much time it takes to develop and, 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 and create that excellence. The, the, the repetition is the mother of skill. We need to talk about that. And, and when people see that, how they're inspired by that and how they after that. And um, I believe they've also taken that part out of, out of tennis or out of college tennis as well. Um, so that's something we'll talk about in the future. Could, could I go one, one step go ahead, in there? Go ahead. The one, one step is that you learn by losing in this sport. You've got to lose, but you learn to lose less. You must have repetition. You must have reps. And those people who come through with these ideas about the no ad and the shortened season and all this thing, they don't understand that you have to have reps. It's like at bats. Baseball has 66 games still, but they cut our reps to 25 a year. And then some of the times they're stopping, they are stopping matches before they're finished. They're finished. Folks, we're out of time. Um, look forward to, to next Sunday at 7 p.m., the Coach's Corner. Please give back, honor the game. It's a great game the way it is. Um, look forward to it. Thank you. And, and thanks very much for having me on today, Coach. I, I really appreciate it. You know, so thank you very thank much. Thank you, Coach. Yeah.